Sometimes there's things that you will come across in your life that just don't make much sense. And dealing with an unknown upright walking giant ape in the woods of North America is hard enough to believe, I get it. But what about those other creatures that are reported with regularity throughout time? Ones that fly, swim, warp in and out of the other dimensions? What about giant moths? Or ancient prehistoric giants, birds or dinosaurs that soar through the open sky and are reported in different geographical areas and different times to have swooped down just to grab a family pet or worse. Sometimes it's an actual member of the family. Yeah, there's plenty of strange stories to go around that you could ponder over and debate. Trust me, I do it all the time. Out of all the things that go bump in the night, there is one category that really trips me up. One that just, for some reason, doesn't seem biologically possible at all. One that is shaped like us, walks like us, and may even think like us. But one thing is for sure, it doesn't look like us. And it for sure didn't come from our family tree. Nope, these things remind us more of lizards, amphibians, reptilian aliens, and even dinosaurs. These are the things that really go bump in the night. The things that are truly made of nightmare fuel. The things that could possibly be another evolutionary line of a dinosaur or lizard that we were completely unaware of that could have potentially evolved intelligence as good or better than ours. These are the reptoids of the cryptozoological world. Welcome back to the Rabbit Hole. Back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. I'm your host, Jeremy. Today, we're going to dive into the world of the reptoids. Well, last week, we talked about the Bishopville Lizard Man. Yeah, well, that's by far the most famous and the biggest legend when it comes to reptoids in the cryptozoological world. But what about all the little ones? What about all the ones that are mentioned once, twice, maybe three times, maybe, maybe a little bit more? But nothing near as much as the Bishopville Lizard Man. There's a lot of them. Trust me, there's a lot. And I did my due diligence to kind of put it all together for you. So hang tight, travelers. These are the reptoids of cryptozoology. Enjoy. Charles Wetzel's Encounter On November 8th, 1958, a man by the name of Charles Wetzel was on a drive in his 1952 Buick along North Main Street in Riverside, California, as he approached the area of the road that commonly succumbs to the rising waters of the Santa Ana River. Wetzel slowed his car as he approached the deep water and slowly began making his way through the flood. He was coming up to the sign on the side of the road that warns drivers of the rising waters when his radio began to become very staticky. He was turning the dial to tune to a new station, and he noticed a creature standing roughly six feet tall making its way into the middle of his side of the street. In response, Wetzel slammed the brakes and watched in awe as whatever it was began to come closer and just stared at Charles as he grew nervous. The creature was described by Wetzel as having a quote-unquote round scarecrowish head with a beaked mouth and reflective eyes, and as far as he could tell, it had no nose or ears. 
as the creature began to climb onto the hood of his car from the front driver's side. Wetzel was able to notice that the skin of the creature was scaly in texture. As the creature began clawing at the windshield, Charles reached for his 22 that he kept on him at all times and aimed at the creature in an attempt to scare it off, but the creature showed no signs of fear. Wetzel then made the decision to get the hell out of Dodge and floored it. The creature fell off the hood as the car made an initial lurch forward and was run over by Wetzel as he drove off as fast as he could. Wetzel went directly to the local police and reported the incident, but the police found no evidence that anything had happened at the scene. But the discovery of marks on his windshield, streaks of grease missing from his oil pan on the bottom of his car, proved that something was there and that he did seem to run over it. The very next night, another motorist on the same street also reported seeing a tall, dark, shadowy, quote-unquote, something run across the road. The Thetis Lake Monster On August 19, 1972, at Thetis Lake in British Columbia, Canada, teenagers Gordon Pike and Robin Flulin were standing on the shore of the lake when a roughly five-foot-tall humanoid creature erupted out of the water and began running after them. The Victoria Daily Times reported that the teenagers were able to successfully get away, but not before one of them suffered a nasty scratch on his hand, which apparently was caused when the creature cut the boy with a sharp spike protruding from its head. Both teenagers described the creature as having a scaly body, webbed hands and feet, a very dark head, with large fish-like eyes. The boys first reported the event to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who took the encounter serious enough to actually investigate the event. Unfortunately, Nothing came of the investigation. Four days later, on August 23rd, young boys by the name of Russell Van Nice and Mike Gold were fishing at Thetis Lake when they witnessed the creature poke its head out of the water and look around. When the creature resubmerged, the boys ran away. Both children described the creature as having a silvery body with a large monster-like head, deep black eyes, and large ears. Again, the police investigated but found nothing. Unfortunately, when Russell Van Nice was 49 years old, he claimed in an interview that it was all a lie, and it was all Mike Gold's idea to capitalize on the recent report of the creature attacking a few older kids from the area days before. Well, in the summer of 2006, a freshwater professional fishing instructor for the Freshwater Fisheries Society of British Columbia by the name of Jesse Martin was spending the day fishing from the shores of Thetis Lake, just before the sun went down. Jesse decided a few more casts wouldn't hurt before he packed up and headed to the now-empty parking lot. As he was loading his gear into his Ford Mustang, Jesse was alerted to movement in the shrubs nearby. A little unnerved, Jesse got into the front seat and turned on the car, and as he looked into the rearview mirror, Jesse was surprised to see a large man-like figure running on two legs towards the back of his car. As he peeled out of the parking lot, whatever it was seemed to have tried to unsuccessfully grab onto the passenger side of the car. When Jesse got home, he was yet again surprised to see five scratch marks down the side of his passenger side door with what looked like fish scales speckled in within the area of the print. Gator Men Along the banks of the swamplands through the southern United States, another reptilian of sorts has made itself known with a few different communities. Gator Men are pretty much what they sound like. Standing at roughly 5 feet tall, the gator men are described as having a human child-sized torso before it tapers off into a thick gator-like tail. Four stubby gator legs protrude from its compact mid-body and sport webbed toes and fingers. They also come equipped with dark green or black scales and a nice row of razor-sharp teeth. 
Legend goes that they move under the cover of darkness in groups of five or six, traversing the lakes and waterways from Texas to the Carolinas and back again. They are even said to enjoy raw meat most of all, but can also survive on nuts, dry leaves, and fruit. Reports of these creatures are most plentiful from the 1700s around the Florida Everglades, but have been reported sporadically throughout history in various locations along the Gulf states and a few inland swampy areas as well. South America even has their own gator man, in which they refer to as Hombre Cayman, and said to possess both features of alligator and man. The legend describes that Hombre Cayman was once a fisherman who fell for a trick of a water spirit. But the best documented cases of such creatures come from the most unsuspected areas of the United States. In 1973, reports of gatormen were popping up in the Newton Lafayette area of New Jersey, and in 1977, New York State conservation naturalist Alfred Holstruck claimed that there was a well-known man-alligator creature that would exit the waters of southern portions of the state to feed on the shores of various bodies of water. In 1974, an unnamed man was driving around White Meadow Lake in the Rockway Township of New Jersey when his headlights fell upon a large reptoid on the side of the road. Although the creature had its back towards the road, he could tell that the scaly skin was greenish in color, and as he approached closer, the animal turned its head towards the left to reveal large, bulging eyes and a lipless reptilian mouth. The consensus on the Gator Man seems to be that this is more or less folklore born from the early years in the areas bordering the Everglades in South Florida. But who knows? Maybe this could be the earliest depictions of what would later be referred to as lizard men or reptilian aliens. And of course, we cannot end this section on Gator Man without touching on the most famous of them all, Jake the Alligator Man. Now, Jake isn't like the Gator Man previously mentioned. It just so happens that it shares a name with him. The most recent place I could find displaying Jake is the Marsh's Free Museum on Pacific Avenue in Long Beach, Washington. Go ahead and Google Jake the Alligator Man and stare in awe at what literally looks like a human torso and a head merged with an alligator's lower half. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chupacabras. A list of reptoids would not be complete without at least mentioning the absolute most famous of them all, El Chupacabras. Yes, it is true that the American Chupacabra is considered to be more canid in nature, but the original one reported in Puerto Rico in the 1970s, and the one that is now active in Central and South America, has a more common description of being reptilian or alien in nature. Now I'm going to have to stop the coverage on this particular cryptid right here and now since the topic deserves an entire episode all to itself, if not a two or three part series. I just wanted to include it in this list of possible reptile creatures. More to come. 
others. Most cases of upright walking reptiles come in the form of one-off reports that never get grouped into a large collection which ultimately depicts a new addition to the world of cryptozoology. I was able to gather as many of these stories as possible for you. In 1937, man was fishing from his boat near Saginaw, Michigan, when he witnessed a man with reptile attributes come out of the water on two legs, lean up against a tree for a few minutes, and re-enter the water. The man reported the encounter to the police, but no evidence or follow-up sightings had ever occurred. In October 1954, a man by the name of Renzo Pugina of Paravicino de Urba, Italy, was terrified when he walked out of his house in the morning and came face-to-face with a large, bipedal man covered in scaly skin. The creature reacted quickly and hastily flew away. After reporting the incident, the police did find a spot on his lawn that was covered in an unidentifiable, thick, oily substance. In August of 1955, Miss Darwin Johnson was swimming in the Ohio River near Evansville, Indiana, when she was grabbed from below the water by what she described as a very rough hand with an incredible grip. As she pulled herself out of the water, a friend of hers made Johnson aware that her leg now had a green spot on it. To Miss Johnson's surprise, this is where the creature had grabbed her. Lauren Coleman, a world-renowned cryptozoologist, was one of the people who had an opportunity to investigate this report. In his book, Mysterious America, Lauren includes that it is his honest opinion that this woman was the victim of an attempted attack by a reptilian man. In 1966, a nine-year-old boy in Stevensport, Kentucky, woke at about 1 a.m. to a loud sound outside his bedroom window. Unfortunately, he was unable to see anything, so he headed downstairs and pulled back the curtain in the living room and was terrified at what he saw. The witness was 49 years old when he was interviewed by Charlie Raymond, founder of the Kentucky Bigfoot Research Organization. In the interview, he described a brownish-green creature that incredibly looked more like a reptile than a human. It had scaly skin, webbed hands, and the only thing human about it was that it stood on two legs. Charlie guesstimated that the creature stood anywhere between 5.5 to 6 feet tall. As the boy and the creature made eye contact, it turned and ran on two legs towards Sinking Creek, which bordered his property at the time. He would continue to describe how the creature had a set of what looked like gills hanging off of its jawbone down to its shoulders, small black eyes, and a ridge of flesh that began in its forehead and traveled to the back of its neck. Another encounter with a quote-unquote frogman was reported just north of Little Rock, Arkansas in 1952 at Lake Conway by a man named George Dillon. George was fishing with his trout line on his February morning when an area of his line seemed to have been snagged on something. He pulled hard and was shocked to see that what was attached to his hooks wasn't a large fish or an underwater relic, but rather a large aquatic creature that he was completely unfamiliar with. As he pulled, he noticed that whatever it was, it was snagged in the mouth by one of his hooks, and the thing was making a sad attempt trying to dislodge the hook with its tongue. The thing's head flailed around as if it was extremely scared and reached out and eventually put a hand on George's boat. The skin was green and spotted and reminded George of a frog, but the head was more like that of a monkey with a sharp jawline, blue lips, and a toothless mouth. George claimed that the creature must have weighed about 80 pounds and that it had very broad shoulders and a haunched back. The thing eventually freed itself and swam away. In Wisconsin, sometime in the mid-90s, a Wisconsin Department of Natural Resource game warden was traveling along Highway 13 near Medford when a figure was spotted standing in the middle of the road. As the warden approached, he could see that whatever it was had scaly green skin, and just as surprised as he was to see the creature, he was also surprised that it unfolded large wings from its back and took off into the air. 
The creature landed just behind the warden's truck and stood there for a few seconds before taking off again permanently. But roughly around the same time, unfortunately, it is unclear as to whether it was before or after the warden's encounter, another group of men working at a construction site off of the same road witnessed a creature that they described as being exactly like the one seen by the warden. The creature sprouted wings and flew above the canopy of the trees surrounding the work site, and the men never saw it again. In December of 1988, two Italian men, a farmer and a security guard, had encounters with reptilian men on two different occasions. The encounter that the farmer reported was during the night, and the creature had serpent-like eyes and briefly chased after the witness before leaving the area. The second was only seen briefly, and it fled into the nearby tree line. And in 1993, a couple out looking for their lost dog in La Crosse, Wisconsin, were stunned when they discovered what looked like to be a very large bipedal creature with brown scales covering its entire body. The witness claimed that the creature had bright yellow eyes with thin slits when their flashlights shined on its face. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Old Three Toes. Between February and October 1948, the Tampa Bay area of Florida found itself with a mystery of its own. Hundreds of large three-toed tracks were being found throughout the area and extended slightly north into the panhandle of the state as well. Although most of the witnesses reported spotting a large creature with a rhinoceros-like head, the three-toed footprints are synonymous with dinosaurs such as raptors. The creature eventually became known throughout the Gulf Coast communities as Old Three Toes, and the area was on high alert for almost an entire year. The case that really sparked fear when it came to Old Three Toes was in February of 1948, when on Clearwater Beach, a young couple had parked their car and witnessed a large creature exiting the water before fleeing and reporting the sighting to the local police. When officers arrived, there were in fact dozens of three-toed tracks along that specific section of the beach that looked as if the creature came in and out of the water numerous times before heading back in for good. The very next morning, more people reported that the tracks were back. Upon arrival, officers yet again discovered similar footprints in almost the exact same area. In March, a third set was found on another beach, only a mile away from the original set that was tracked for over 100 yards before it disappeared in the grass. This was followed by another trackway showing up on Dan's Island on March 20th and another track on April 3rd in Indian Rocks Beach, just 10 miles south of Clearwater, with yet another one showing up in the same area on April 8th. On July 25th, pilots John Milner and George Orphanides were flying around the area of Hog Island when two men spotted a very large, strange creature swimming around with legs like an alligator just 200 feet offshore. The pilots described it as having a very thick and large build and a proportionally sized tail, but the strange thing about their sighting was that they described it as having hair all over its body. 
Many people took this report very seriously, but some were saying that the thing must have been caught up in seaweed as there were no sea animals along here in the area. Two more sightings came in after the pilot sighting, one of which was from a couple on vacation from Wisconsin in August. This sighting is where the famous rhinoceros head description comes from. And the last known sighting was in Chieftain, near the Suwannee River, in October of 1948, before Old Three Toes disappeared for good. Now, Florida was not the only place in history to have such sightings and reports of a large amount of three-toed footprints being found on beaches. Years earlier, in the 30s, three-toed tracks were found on the beaches in New Zealand, Queensland, Tasmania, Australia, Argentina, Nantucket Island, and South Africa. So what are they? Obviously, we cannot engulf all of these creatures into one category, as they are from different times, different spaces, and different descriptions. But what we can do is talk about the possibilities as a whole. One such possibility is that they are known creatures. Could some of these be actual alligators? Perhaps bats? Maybe large fish, such as a sturgeon? One of my favorites for a lot of lizard encounters is the theory that these could merely be Sasquatch that have been covered in hardened mud, which may give the look of scaly, possibly moss or lichen-covered green skin. I mean, the statures, right? A lot of these creatures are extremely tall. What about pteranodons? Specifically the one where the warden spots a flying reptilian in the middle of the road. Could this be a prehistoric remnant? What about exotic pets? One theory about the Thetis lake monster is that it is a tegu lizard that was reported lost by a local man a year earlier, but that really couldn't be since exotic reptiles have zero chance of surviving the harsh Canadian winters. In fact, a lot of these stories, like the ones from New York, Jersey, Michigan, and Wisconsin, may be in climates that are just too cold for a reptile to live in, period. Well, what about hoaxes? Maybe. In fact, most would probably say yes, that they are 100% all hoaxes. Although I'm not blind to the fact that humans do stupid things for stupid reasons, I would like to think that if anything was wrongly reported, it would be a case of misidentification instead of a hoax. But sadly, that is most likely not the case. Let's head on over to the other side of the pool really quick. Let's ask the question highly regarded in the world of conspiracy. What about the idea that some of these could be the feral brethren of the famed reptilian beings that are said to control the politics of the world? How about an ancient race of dinosaurs? What if a small population of velociraptors, or the previously mentioned pteranodons, evolved in a similar fashion to humans and became bipedal and a very slim population exists today like that of the Sasquatch? In Lyle Blackburn's book, Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville monster, Lyle describes how men by the names D.A. Russell and R. Sequin published a paper in the National Museum of Canada's Sologius No. 37 in 1982 that describes how the Cretaceous dinosaur known as the Steniocosaurus inequilis, more commonly known as the Trudon, was famously known as having a very large brain compared to its dinosaur brethren. And if not for the Mesozoic extinctions of a very large amount of living species on Earth, they may have developed a brain similar to that of humans. If you look up what a Trudon looks like, you'll notice that this creature was bipedal, and very similar to looking like a Velociraptor. So if it was given enough time to evolve such as we had, it would not be such a far stretch to think that these creatures could have been formed into something resembling that of Gatorman, or the Lizardman of Bishopville. Or what if they are just what they are categorized as? Cryptids. An undiscovered species of animal yet to be categorized by science. Personally, this one's my favorite. But unfortunately, it is most likely not the case. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. 
Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. It wouldn't be right to introduce you to the strange group of lizardmen, winged lizardoids, and dinoids without at least mentioning that a lot of these amazing reports came around the time where there was a craze going on in pop culture. The list of movies alone depicting a man in a lizard costume of sorts is incredibly long for this time period. The Creature from the Black Lagoon in 1954, The Revenge of the Creature from 1957, Alligator People of 1959, The Hideous Sun Demon also from 1959, The Reptile in 66, Night of the Cobra Woman in 72, and The Legend of Gatorface in 1996. So it may be safe to say that most, if not all the people who have reported a lizard man of sorts, did have some sort of recollection of what it might actually look like just from the movies alone. Is this the answer to all of our reports? Most likely not all of them, but some of them very good chance at being a simple stretch of the imagination. But almost 10 years before the invention of the first movie camera, newspapers were reporting in October of 1878 that a wild man had been caught in a rural area of Tennessee and was being transported by railway to Louisiana, Kentucky for a public display. A rather large news story at the time was spreading throughout the nation at the speed of black and white that this wild man, they were calling it, had a layer of scales all over his body, which would fall off at regular occurrences around spring and fall. The creature also came equipped with a head full of hair, a fully grown wild man beard, huge eyes, easily double the size of a human's, and stood six foot five inches tall with webbed toes. The daily care for this man included regular hosings to keep its skin damp in a diet of raw fish and cooked meat. Apparently, fish was the only thing he could eat raw. A report that surfaced a few months later in February 1879 described the man as old and withered with a gray, sickly tone to his skin, dead-looking hair, and a blushed face. But then the report went on to explain that he was happily married with several children, and local doctors discovered that he was in fact a man with a skin disease referred to as ichthyosis. Ichthyosis is now a known skin disease that gives the skin an appearance of being scaly. If you're sensitive to the thought of newborns with unfortunate physical deformities, I would recommend not Googling this disease. Some of the pictures of the infants with ichthyosis, it's heartbreaking. Just don't do it. I added this part as a last bit of relative information, so you may have all the tools needed to decide for yourself what each of these creatures may have actually been. Alright, travelers, we have one more case to look at. Next week, we dive into the first installment of the Infinite Rabbit Hole mini-doc series, The Loveland Frogman. This will wrap up our coverage of all things reptoids and cryptozoology. Of course, there are the reptilians of both underground and the far corners of space, but those are completely different subjects altogether. So hang tight, kids, we're gonna get weirder. And one day, we will jump into the reptilian world. But until then, next week, Frogman. 
Thank you once again, and I'll see you in the next path of the infinite rabbit hole. Goodbye. I would like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast. Please make sure to give us a follow and one of those beautiful five-star ratings on your podcast player of choice. If you would like to join the conversation and stay up to date on all things Infinite Rabbit Hole, head on over to Facebook and search for the Infinite Rabbit Hole Facebook group. You'll know it's us when you see the logo. If you would like to help contribute to the cause, there are a few ways to do so. First, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash infinite rabbit hole and click on the subscribe button where for $5 a month you'll get access to all our old episodes that will never see the free spotlight ever again. It's horrible stuff, but if you're into that kind of thing, then go check it out. Second, head on over to infiniterabbithole.com and click on the IRH merch shop tab and grab yourself a sweet t-shirt, sticker, or whatever else you see that you wouldn't mind owning. Until next time, travelers, I'm Jeremy, and I'll see you at the next fork in the path of the infinite rabbit hole. Bye.